We're going to do that through a bake sale and chili cook-off uh, a week or two weeks from yesterday, Saturday, April 5th. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. They're even going to donate some of the money that they raised toward our youth ministry to go to Ascension. And so uh, we're just so thankful for that. I told them they didn't have to do that at all because we want to bless what they're doing around the world. But um, what an honor and a privilege to do that. And so if you could sign up today to bring a baked good or some chili for that to be here, uh, bring your kids. They'd love to see all the motorcycles. And, uh, and as I hear, there's a lot of people that come to an event like this that are not believers. And so I'm really excited for the opportunity to, uh, to have that moment with them. And so, uh, again, thank you for supporting that and being a part of that. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles out, your sermon notes, and we're going to dive into what God has for us this morning. We're in a series called Red Letter Day, Red Letter Day. We're going to learn about Jesus in his own words. In most Bibles, the words of Jesus are printed in red ink, and so we want to see what Jesus said. Now, your Bible may not have the words of Jesus in red ink. That's okay. It's just that it shows us what did Jesus say, and then we can take that as followers of Jesus and then apply it to our lives because Jesus wasn't just speaking to his followers 2,000 years ago, although he was. He was speaking to you because we're followers of Jesus. And I think we need to get that inside of our heart that Jesus wasn't speaking just a long time ago. He's speaking today and that he wants to equip you to follow him, that you may lead the life that he is calling you to live. And so as we begin, let me ask you a question. How many of you like romantic movies? That favorite movie, maybe Sleepless in Seattle, or You Got Mail, or your favorite Hallmark movie, maybe? I don't know. How many, how many like that? Just raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Some of the guys are like, not, not, and the wife's making them raise their hand or something. But uh, I noticed something about those movies. It's just they're, they're wonderful movies. I mean, you have these, this, this, these, these, these people that are meant to be together. It's, it's fate that that would bring them together, but something keeps them separated the entire movie until the final scene with the embrace or the kiss, and they're together, and they live happily ever after. Have you ever noticed there are no sequels to romantic comedies? <laughs> There's no Sleepless in Seattle 2, or You Got Mail 2, and the reason is why? You don't always live happily ever after. In fact, it's almost impossible. It, it, it's just like, I don't know. And yet we know that it doesn't really happen, and yet we're drawn to those movies, aren't we? We see the preview or, or that, that, that preview on the Hallmark Channel for the movie, and you start crying, oh, I want to watch that. Because we long, don't we, in our heart for happily ever after. We long, God puts longings inside of our heart to reveal things. And, and today, that's what I want to talk to you about, because we have longings, and it starts when we're kids. We want mom and dad to buy us a toy, or, or we, you know, we, just, we have these longings that start very young, and then they continue as you get older, and there's these yearnings, and these longings, and these hungers, and these desires that run so deep inside of us, and sometimes we just wish we didn't have them. We wish that God would take them away, but the problem is that God put them there in the first place. That's why we're drawn to those movies. That's why we're drawn to different things, because we want that desire satisfied. The different desires, I preach a sermon on love and belonging, that God placed that in our, our lives, that we would be loved, that we would have that agape love in our life that only God can give. The belonging to his family, to, to him, to his church, and that, 
that he put that inside of each one of us so we would be loved and we'd belong somewhere. We have the desire to be someone, to succeed, to be with someone. We have the desire to be noticed. There are so many desires in our life, and when the desires are met, there's nothing like it, right? When you have a desire met in your life, you're like, yes. At the end of the movie, you're like, yes. I mean, those are great, but the problem is even in the best life, so many desires are left unmet. And the problem is, is that then our desires become messy and mixed up and sometimes even dangerous. And the reason is because we'll do anything to get our desires met, to get those longings met. We'll work as hard as we have to work. We will do whatever we have to do because there's something inside of us driving for those longings to be met. And if we fail enough times and those desires are just left unmet, we don't think we can, we can do anything about it. We'll start to numb ourselves. We'll start to sleepwalk through life. We'll start watching more television or, 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 or surfing the internet more or eating too much or drinking too much or we'll do other things because we just don't want to feel those longings and those desires. And the world understands that. That's why Hollywood makes the movies that they make. That's why advertising does what it does because the advertisers tell us you need this to fill the longings that are in your heart. You see it across the internet. You see it everywhere. This will satisfy. And the problem is, is that that satisfaction that comes from the world, listen to me, this is so important, is so temporary. It's so short. The world will never be able to satisfy. They can never often or anything to satisfy the longings in your heart because the longings in your heart are deep. And the well of this world is very shallow. And surface things will not satisfy. St. Augustine said it this way, our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. I love that, don't you? The longings that we have, they're deep, we're restless until we find rest in God. Today I want to look at a question that Jesus asks over and over again, a question in red. First time he asked it early in his ministry is John chapter 1, he's got a couple guys following him now because there's Andrew and John and they had been following John the Baptist. John the Baptist has preached, you, you got to repent. You got to get ready because there's somebody coming. There's one that's great coming. The Messiah is coming. The King is coming. And so John the Baptist is preaching this. Andrew and John hear it. They follow John the Baptist. And then one day they hear John the Baptist point at Jesus, say, behold the Lamb of God. Basically saying, this is the guy, the guy I've been telling you about. There he is. He's right there. And, and Andrew and John say, that's, that's Jesus. That's the one. Let's start following him. And so they leave John the Baptist and they start following Jesus. And in John 1.38, the words in red, the question Jesus asks is this, what do you want? They're following him. Jesus turns out, what do you want? I mean, is it a rhetorical question? Because, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, they're following him. That's what they want to do, right? I mean... He's got followers now. Isn't that why he came, Jesus? Why do you ask the question? A little later in his ministry, he asks the question in Mark chapter 10 of blind Bartimaeus because Bartimaeus hears Jesus is coming and he hears the crowd and he starts screaming out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, heal me. Just, he's screaming this out until the crowd says, will you just be quiet? And Jesus says, bring him to me. Bring him to me. And so he's there with Jesus, and Jesus asks the same question. What do you want? What do you want? 
What do you want me to do for you? It's like, really, Jesus? I mean, he's been screaming at the top of his lungs for you to heal him, and you're going to ask him what he wants, and then that's not the only miracle he does that. He does that in other miracles throughout his ministry, asking them, what do you want? What if we examine the deepest longings of our heart, the things that God put inside of us, and then we came to Jesus, and he asks us the question, what do we want? What if we brought it to Jesus? You know what that's called when you take the deepest longings of your heart to Jesus? You know what that's called? It's called prayer. That Jesus invites us to bring our longings to him. We're invited to go face to face with Jesus and pour our heart out, no matter how messy it is, to the only one who satisfies Jesus says, come, what do you want? Throughout the Bible, we see people bringing their longings before God. We see Moses, when God asks, what do you want? You know what he says? Show me your glory. God, I want to see you. That's the heart of Moses. What do you want? I want to see you, God. Solomon said this, I seek him whom my soul loves. David, in the midst of his brokenness, when God is seemingly far away, he says, don't hide your face from me. The longing in David's heart. Simeon and Anna in the New Testament, wanting to see the birth of the Messiah, beg God, don't let us die until we see the Messiah born. You see the disciples, you see blind Bartimaeus, but what about Zacchaeus, who heard about Jesus, somebody who loves somebody as despicable as him, and he's like, i got to climb a tree just to get a glimpse of him. The woman with the issue of blood just, just, just tearing through the crowd to grab hold of Jesus' garment so that she could be healed. We even see Jesus in his prayers, his longings, his longings for you and me as we read those final prayers in the final night of his life and even in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if there's any other way, We're getting close to Palm Sunday and Easter, and we'll be talking about those words in red as well. See, in prayer, we see what the true longings of our heart are, because if you examine what you pray about, you'll know what you really long for. So often we pray for safety or insight. We want to see truth and justice prevail. We want to be loved. We want to belong. We want to worship. We want our tears wiped away. We want our enemies destroyed. We want our suffering and our anger to be alleviated. We want our mercy. We want mercy. We want that divine compassion that only comes from God. We want to live with God forever. And this is our heart cry to God. These things we cry out to him. And, and despite the, 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 the mixed up emotions that we feel and longings that we have, he says, bring them to me. Bring them to me because it's in prayer that we come to the root of our own restless yearning. It's in prayer that our true selves are coaxed out of hiding. It's in prayer that our hearts are uncovered, allowing dreams, fantasies, and longings to be tended by a loving God. We pray because we yearn. We pray because we have longing in our heart. We pray because God wants us to reveal our hearts to him. 
We pray because, to be reminded that the world can never satisfy our desires. We pray to the only one who can satisfy our deepest longings. We pray because the Holy Spirit guides, comforts, empowers, and walks with us. We pray to know God. And as we pray, what's interesting is, is a lot of times you will begin to discover more about yourself. And that's a good thing, to discover what the longings in your heart really are. But it's not about discovering who you are. It's about discovering who he is. It's about discovering that he is the only one that can satisfy. Because our longings in life, God placed them there, but our longings will either lead us to death or to life. A lot of times our longings lead us to sin rather than the Savior. But God put the longings in our heart to drive our hearts toward him, that we would be restless until we found him. What if, imagine with me, what if, I took every longing, every yearning, every desire to God to be met. What if I did that rather than trying to, to do it on my own or let the world do it? What if I let God do it? And you can't give away what you don't have, so you better let God satisfy those desires of your heart, those longings deep inside. When posed with the question, what do you want? The disciples, as they're following Jesus, they're surprised and they say, well, well, where do you live? It's an interesting question, isn't it? And they probably want to see it. If Jesus is the king, pretty cool to see his house, I would think. I don't know. That's what they're probably thinking. And you know what's interesting is? Is the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that they spent the whole day with Jesus. And their lives were so deeply impacted that not only did they follow Jesus from that day till the last day of their life, they went around and they told their, their friends and their family about Jesus. He so impacted them that, that, he, that, that they followed him all the days of their life. They spent the day with Jesus. And so when, when Jesus turned around and asked them, what do you want? You know what they were basically saying? They are basically saying this, we just want to be with you. Jesus, we just want to be with you. That's why we're following. What do you want? That's, we just want to be with you. And I think sometimes in our life, we are good Christians, aren't we? You're in church on Sunday morning. You probably gave in the offering. You're going to sign up in the lobby today. You're, going to, you're, you're, you're good, and, and so we just follow Jesus. We're just following Jesus. I think every now and then, Jesus turns around and says, what do you want? The best answer you can give is, we want to be with you. We just want to be with you, Jesus. That's it. We just, we just want to be with you, and that's what following Jesus is all about, is being with him. Blind Bartimaeus, I think it's even more comical that Jesus would ask him, when, when face-to-face with Jesus, even though he couldn't see Jesus' faith, he could, face, he could hear that Jesus was right in front of him, and Jesus says, what do you want? It's one thing to cry out in the midst of a crowd what you want, but then when you're face-to-face with Jesus, to have to say to him, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. I'm blind. I want to see. And Jesus touches him and he's healed. See, I think what we need to do when Jesus says, What do you want? Just say, Jesus, I'm broken. I need you. It's one thing to cry out and tell everybody else your problems, but to Jesus, the one who can fix it, it takes faith. And Bartimaeus had faith to believe that God could heal him. 
that Jesus would do it right then. And I love the next verse. It says, instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. I love it. Jesus, I'm broken. I'm blind. Heal me. Jesus heals him. And then he just begins to follow. I love that. Jesus asks us, what do you want? What do you want? To give an example of the deepest longings of our heart, I've been thinking a lot about this for the past few weeks. It's been a difficult time. I mean, we're having the memorial service tonight for my, my grandma, but I love my grandma very much. And, I, and, and there's many families inside of our church right now that extended families, there just seems to be a lot of death right now. And, and I'll just be transparent here as a pastor. That's, that's the one part that I hate. I hate funerals. I hate memorial service. I hate, I hate death. I really do. It really bothers me. And I, I'm not good at hiding my emotions. I, I cry too easily. And, and, and so, you know, this... I don't like death. And yet, when you think about death, it happens to everyone. No one's getting out of this life alive, right? I mean, you know that. I know that. Death is natural, right? And yet, we fight death. We'll do whatever it takes to live longer. We'll, 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 do, we'll do whatever the doctor says. We'll, we'll do whatever we can to, to get a few more years, to get a few more days. We'll do whatever it takes because we, we fight it. We, we don't like it. And then when it happens, we're surprised. And, we, and, and the pain and the grief and everything that, that happens around death. You know, it's funny. For something that is so natural, why do we fight it so much? And I believe it's because God put a longing in our heart to live forever. That's an example of the longings that we have in our heart. You weren't meant just for this life. It's not you only live once. It, it, it's that you were created. God, when He created you, put eternity inside of you. He created you for Himself so that you will be restless until you find your rest in Him. That's why I believe we hate death. That's why we fear death. That's why we prolong our life. We do whatever we can because God wrote inside of us. The longings in your heart come from Him. Let them lead you to Him. Jesus invites you to come to share the deepest yearnings of your heart. And I love these words in red in Matthew chapter 7. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus says, Come to me. He created us for himself. And he says, come, find rest in me. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning as we enter into a time of prayer. And this is going to be a quiet moment with your head bowed and your eyes closed, just you and God examining the yearnings that you have. 
the longings that you have, the desires that you have. I think the New Testament is crystal clear in telling us that there is nothing in this world that will satisfy the cravings of your heart. It's temporary at best. Only God, only God can satisfy the deepest longings of our heart. That longing for eternal life, that longing to live forever, it's only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in a moment, I'll give you an opportunity to surrender your life to God. But before then, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in the quietness of this moment while the music plays. I'd like you to begin to pray to God and ask Him to reveal the longings in your heart. Why do you go to the movies that you go to? Why do you buy what you buy? Why, what are the deepest longings of your heart? Talk to God about what you want, and, and I think he's going to begin to reveal some things to you. And then go to him and say, God, I want to find my rest in you. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit, come. Reveal the longings of our heart. So, God, that you can come in and meet our deepest needs. Lord, we give you the, the stirrings inside of us right now. We give you our discontent, our restlessness, our doubts, our despair. We give you all the longings that we hold inside. Lord, we realize the world 
will never, never satisfy. There is nothing we can do on our own to meet the deepest longings of our heart. So God, we come to you. And when you ask, what do we want? We say, we, just, we want to be with you. We're broken. We need you. We're blind. We're dead. And God, you can come in. Heal us. And we will follow you all the days of our life. May our needs be met in you today, Jesus. With our head bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to invite all of us to, to make a personal commitment to God today. Jesus Christ came and he died on a cross for our sins. It is your sin that separates you from God. It's the trying to meet the longings of your heart on your own. Following what the world tells you to do rather than what God tells you to do. And we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. But Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sin and invites us into a relationship with him that makes us 100% forgiven, right with God. And I believe today that if everyone was given that chance face-to-face -face with Jesus and his presence is here right now and Jesus asks, what do you want? I believe everyone would say eternal life. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity now to pray this prayer and invite Jesus to come into your heart and life. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We have new life in Christ. I want to tell you, he is the only one that will satisfy every other yearning, every other desire. Don't get it met by any place else. Just bring it all to Jesus, even if they're messy. Just bring them to Jesus. Even if you're broken, bring them to Jesus all the time because he is there. He's bidding us to come. I love when we look at God's word together. I love what God speaks to us in his word. And, and we're just going to continue this series through uh, Easter on the Pentecost and, and um, just looking at what Jesus says in the Bible. And, and so, again, um, just thank you for being here. I do want to do this before we go. Um, I'm just going to invite Dennis and Ann to come. And uh, so good to have them with us. They're here actually for the memorial service, but uh, some of our, our missionaries and uh, I just love for them to give a greeting before we go this morning and uh, before we receive the blessing of the Lord. Thank you. Yeah. you are a church that takes the Great Commission seriously. You, missions is in your heart from the first day that we were here 20 years ago. 
and um, Pastor Merrill just returning back from the Philippines, and um, we just so uh, appreciate your partnership in ministry. You have stood with us for 20 years, and you have just connected with us emotionally and supported us, and um, you could always tell us the distinctives of the ministry that we are partnering together in, and just even today, this many years later, people you know, know our faces and recognize us. And you really, um, you have a heart for missions that just is overwhelming. And we just, when we go other places, we tell them about Christian life and what you're doing here. And to be with you in worship today is amazing. We do go, do go to a lot of different churches, and there's nothing like being here with you. So um, we just appreciate you all so much, and thank you for your partnership over the years in such an incredible, um, just heartfelt way to us. You've really um, stood with us for many years, taking God's word to those without it, and now as Dennis is training missionary pilots. So thank you. Well, there's really nothing else to add, um, you know, but as Pastor was going through the message, I, that just kept res resonating with me. What do we want? And I just have to say, Ann and I want what this church is about to change the world for Christ and just say, well done, church, you know, in the Christian Motorcycle Association, Dr. Allen and their ministry challenging, you know, helping us to train up more missionaries, reaching out to the local community. What do we want? We want what's, what you guys want to change the world for Christ. And I just want to say, well done, Christian Life Church, for being about that, the consistency over the years here in Mount Prospect, but also using this as a springboard to be around the world. And I just want to commend you for it. I just want to say thank you for it and just say, keep being about that. And yet, as you're reaching out, don't forget that God is reaching to you. What do you want personally? Grab hold what he's calling to you for. And thank you, Pastor, for bringing it back. It's a privilege to have Anne uh, with Dennis this time, because usually Dennis has to come alone because they have young children, but uh, for the, both of them to be here. And if you want to learn more about them training pilots to do God's work around the world, you can definitely uh, see them in the lobby and... Uh, uh, just visit, visit their table out there. Um, we have the Christian Motorcycle Alliance. We've got the bake sale and the chili cook-off. I want you to sign up for that. That's going to be a very important day here. Uh, sounds like you guys are into transportation, transportation too, not just motorcycles, but camels and horse and buggy and, and everything. That, that, is about, that is about as cool as anything. And they can just come out and talk to you guys and sign up. Do you want to say anything before? Or you? Um, yeah, I will. I was just talking a little sure. bit about the, the, the bake sale and the bike blessing. The mic? Got the mic on? Uh, Pastor Darrell has so graciously accepted uh, doing a bike blessing for CMA this year. And our chapter, which is the Disciples of God, the dog chapter, this is the first time we're doing a bike blessing, hosting a bike blessing. So on April 5th, which is a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., um, pray for 60-degree weather, please, but we'll take 40. And uh, we don't know if it's going to be five motorcycles or 500. Um, like Pastor said earlier, they aren't all Christian bikers. A lot of them will come from secular clubs, and uh, those, are the, those are the guys we like to meet. Yeah, and um, 
We're just asking if anybody would like to uh, make chili for the cook-off or donate uh, baked goods. And um, we are sharing the donations from the baked goods with the CLC youth here, and half of the money will go to the CMA youth. Uh, children love to come see all the motorcycles. Please pray that we have a lot of motorcycles and some 60-degree, at least 40-degree weather. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So... I think, it's, I think it's an honor and a privilege that uh, they chose our church, and I don't know why they chose me. I'm the most uncool. Uh, I promise I won't wear a suit and tie. I don't have any leather, but um, pray I don't get beat up. Um, but uh, no, it's going to be a great time. We're going we're gonna to love it. It's, it's an honor. Really, the Ride with the Sun, what a powerful, powerful ministry uh, to be a part of. Uh, one more opportunity to um, uh, be involved with today is with our prison ministry. I know uh, Don or, or Chris, you want to come up? Um, this is really powerful. We did this last year with Easter baskets, but would you tell us what we can do and how we can do this and be involved today? Yeah, thanks. You guys are so generous with the Angel Tree families, and so we just want to continue the reach out to them. Last year we did baskets. This year we thought it's something a little bit, I don't know, just something different. We're sending the kids a, a Veggie Tales a DVD and then a small booklet by Lee Strobel, The Case for Easter, and an Easter card, and inviting them to church this Easter. So we'd appreciate donations, you know, $5, 10 anything. $10 will send a DVD and a book and a card to one of the 20 families. So mm -hmm. thanks so much. And in, in case, yeah, definitely, this is uh, definitely worth um, honoring. And and if you don't know what Angel Tree is, it's a ministry to prisoners' families, to the children of prisoners. And so they, they extended it beyond Christmas presents with Angel Tree to Easter baskets. And so $10 will uh, buy an Easter basket for that child. And so I'd like us to be generous and take care of that right away. How many of you as individuals or family will give $10 when you leave today? Oh, wow, that's okay. That's, that's plenty. We can do more baskets too, right? Okay, we'll, just, we'll do whatever. Give your $10 out there. I know our family will be a part of that as well. It's also great to have Pastor Merrill uh, back from the Philippines. I didn't, is Teresa here this morning? I don't know if I saw Teresa, the Tracys, but uh, we're, we're going to um, have some pictures in, in that in the days to come. You were following on Facebook. They were actually holding, not only did they see the, the kids on the street in the ministry there, they were holding their pastor's conferences at the local KFC in Manila. And so, so you know they had good food, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, that would be hard to teach when it smells so good. I don't know, but uh, it's almost lunchtime here. And uh, we definitely want to keep the Minkley family in prayer. I saw Peter and Stephanie. Is, is Dolores here today? Not today. Okay, keep Dolores and the family in your prayers. They had the funeral yesterday for her mother. And there's a lot of people going through some very difficult times in our church. Just keep them in prayer. And we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord this morning. And we're going to remember all of those people. But uh, uh, Dr. Paul and Eileen Allen are, back, are heading back to the DR this week. And so I'm just going to ask the people that are back there just to lay their hands on them. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord this morning? And, uh, and as you do, uh, receive the blessing. And we're going to go out and we'll, we'll sign up and we'll give some money in the lobby. We'll do what we need to do. But, but right now we receive the blessing of the Lord before we are a blessing to the Lord. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for the blessing that rests upon your children. Lord, we, we realize today that our hearts hunger and long for your blessing, for your protection, 
for your grace, for your favor. We, we long for that, Lord. We, we long to be known by you and to know you. And so, God, thank you for teaching us through your word that it is only found in you. Lord, we pray for the Allens as they head back. We pray for safety, healing, health, strength, all that they need. God, we believe that for all of us here. We thank you for bringing Pastor Merrill and the team back from the Philippines safely with a good report. Lord, be with those families who are going through grief. Lord, just the Minkley family, our family tonight. God, we, just, we need your strength in the journey. Lord, we, we don't like death, but we know it's not the end. You put eternal life inside of us. And thank you for putting eternal life inside of all of us this morning when we prayed that prayer. So God, may we go and be strong and courageous for you so we can gather together again as the church. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We'll see you tonight at 6 p.m. It's been good, hasn't it?